We all good? We well? I know that England are now 1-0 down, but everything's going to be okay, all right? Turn to the person next to you and say, we're going to win. Come on, amen. I'm just going to declare it, you know, words of affirmation. You've got to declare over your life, right? Um, it's so good to see you. My name is Tom. If you don't know who I am, um, well, here I am. Hello. Um, I'm 26 years old. I know I look even younger than that, right? Um, and I am from the promised land, which is Runcorn. We all know that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I live uh, in Toronto currently. I live in Canada. And so maybe you haven't seen me for a little while. It's because that's where I am currently. And um, I actually got married. I feel like, yeah. Uh, that was two weeks ago today to the most beautiful, amazing wife. Her name's Hannah over there. We can give her another cheer. Come on. And um, I am incredibly blessed and favored by the Lord. And today, I get the incredible privilege of sharing a message, but it's always been my dream to wear a Britney Spears mic. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, this is a big moment, okay? And I feel like you should just be happy for me um, because this is a big deal. And I'm just going to try and open up my iPad so I have my notes. That would be great. Um, and today, I'm going to be sharing a message. And we've been talking about hidden figures um, and we've had some incredible preachers and guest people in our, in our congregation that have been sharing. Um, and today I get the amazing privilege of talking about hidden figures. But if it's okay with you, I'd like to keep it hidden for a second. Is that all right? Yeah. Is that good? Amazing. Well, I've titled the message today, Why Me? When you turn to the person next to you, shrug and go, Why me? Now, I asked you a question at the beginning. <laughs> That was my dad just doing a delayed response there. Um, I, I asked the question at the beginning of this, which was, have you ever been volunteered for something by someone else? Has anyone got any answers? That's the most annoying moment when that happens, right? Has anyone been volunteered for something? Daniel? Putting the chairs away. Putting the chairs away. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anyone else? Gordon? DIY. I don't have that problem because I suck at DIY. Um, but actually, it happened to me today. Um, I flew back on, oh, on Friday, sorry. I flew back um, from Toronto to here. And as I was flying back, um, you know, I booked my seats online. You know, I got the aisle seat because that's the correct seat to sit in. Um, and I'm there. I'm all good. And then the air hostess comes to me and she says, um, actually, sir, um, if, if you don't mind, um, we've actually moved your seat. I was like, whoa. I was like, okay, this is, I have prepared for this. I've sat in this aisle. And she says to me, um, we actually need someone to sit near the door just in case something happens and they need someone to open the door. Now, I am terrified of flying. Okay, I am not the guy that you want in that situation. I am the last person on that plane. I was like, so I, I said to her, like, no, I'm kind of good. If, if that's okay, I'm good, I'm good. Eventually, I got my own way. I got my aisle seat, and someone else sat there. But doesn't it suck when someone else volunteers you for something, right? Um, and today, I want to jump into Mark chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, I would love to go to Mark chapter 15, which is the story of Jesus' crucifixion. And don't worry, the hidden figure isn't Jesus. That would be weird. Um, actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about my hidden figure in a second. Okay, so I do need to give some context before that we uh, talk about it, because I think it's important, I always say, it's important to make sure that we have context whenever we read scripture. And so just before Mark chapter 15, um, Jesus has just been in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
And he's praying out to God the Father because he knows that his hour is coming. He knows that he's going to soon go and be crucified and die. And he's going to go through real agony, real pain, real suffering. And so he's asking God, he's saying, Father, if not, like, would you take this cup from me? But if not, let it be your will still. And so he's full of anguish. He's full of sorrow. And then what happens is, is that he's then betrayed by a close friend, a disciple, Judas Iscariot, if, you've, if you're familiar with that, maybe you've grown up in school, that kind of thing. And he's led before Pilate, who is the governor, who gets to decide whether or not he lives or he dies. And even though he knows he's innocent, he still says, you know what, I'm going to wash my hands. You just deal with him, crucify him, have your way. And so Jesus is then beaten, he's been flogged, he's been He's been, horrific things have happened to him, mocked, beaten, scorned, his whole back has been whipped apart, and then he's been asked to carry a cross, well, not asked, he's been forced to carry a cross, a hundred pound cross, it's about 35 kg, on his back, up a hill. So that is excruciating to go through, and this is where we are in the story, and we continue from there, Mark chapter 15, uh, verse 20, and it should pop up, and it says, and when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. Then a certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. I'm just going to read that again one more time. Verse 21, it says, A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. Can we just hold back for a second, right? I, I was reading this, and you know, I was preparing for this message, and as I was reading, it suddenly hit me. I was like, who is this guy? Like, there's this moment, the most important moment in human history, Jesus is about to be crucified, and all of a sudden, a passerby is a part of the story. Some random guy that is never, ever again in the whole of Scripture, I, I double-checked, I triple-checked, in all of Scripture, he's never mentioned again. But in one moment, he enters into the most important moment in human history. And so if you haven't guessed it by now, he is my hidden figure. Because he, he just appears in the story. There's no additional information about him after this. And so we need to know who is Simon of Cyrene, and why did the author of Mark think he's so important in that moment to write about him? Well, we firstly know that he's from Cyrene, right? I mean, his name's Simon of Cyrene. I mean, if he's not from Cyrene, then something's wrong. Simon from Cyrene, it wasn't his last name. Um, and Cyrene was a Greek city um, in the eastern Libya, okay? And that's northern Africa. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes for a second, everyone. I feel like I'm in primary school when we do this. Close your eyes for a second, and I want you to imagine Simon of Cyrene. He was not a white man. He was a black man from northern Africa, and he's entering in to Jerusalem, the big city. Now, he's a Jew. You can open your eyes now if you want. That's okay. Um, he was a, a Jew, and, and in that time, Passover, if you don't know what that is, Passover is a time where they would celebrate the fact that they've been redeemed and saved and been brought out of Israel uh, by Moses, that's back in Exodus, and that's a time, a big moment in the Jewish, in Jewish life where they would go and they would celebrate and they would have a feast, and so the city is booming. It is booming, and he is already a foreigner. He's coming in, 
He's got, imagine this, he's holding his two kids' hands, Alexander and Rufus, and he's walking through, and he's, he's a Jew, so he knows who Jesus is. He's heard the rumblings about this guy who might be a bit of a troublemaker, but at the same time, he's also um, doing some amazing things like turning water into wine, and he's also, uh, he's breaking the bread as well, and he's giving it to 5,000 people. He's heard of this guy, and he knows that this is the day that he's been condemned to death. So he knows he's going to be extra, extra busy, and he's passing by with his two kids, and there's a big crowd that are now throwing stuff at Jesus, mocking him, and he sees all of the thieves as well that are carrying their cross too, and he's just passing by. He's not even in the crowd. He's walking past in all of that traffic, and then all of a sudden, a Roman soldier points at him, and he says, you, we want you. Come and carry this prisoner's cross. Imagine if you were Simon in that moment. You're holding your two kids' hands. The first reaction that I would have is, why me? Why me? Of all the people in this area, and there's, there's massive thousands of people, don't get me wrong, there are thousands of people, why did you pick me? God, why does it have to be me? Out of everybody, why did you pick me? Now, some preachers or teachers, they may say, that Simon, you know, he was, just, he was just full of compassion for Jesus. He just saw Jesus, and all of a sudden, his heart was just overwhelmed with compassion, and that he had to help Jesus, who was on the cross. But the text, it doesn't say that. At no point does the text say that Simon was full of compassion for Jesus. It says that he was forced to carry the cross. Have you ever had a moment when you think, why me? Where maybe you just think to yourself, why have I been chosen for this? And what we learn from Simon is that we all have a moment in our life where we have to carry our cross. And life forces moments like this. He's holding his two kids' hands, and life gets in the way, and all of a sudden, his whole life is put in a trajectory of, you have to be the one that carries Jesus' cross. We all have a moment where we do that. Life forces moments like this. You know, maybe it could be something so small as when you're driving your car. I mean, I don't drive, so I'm, and this is not relatable to me in the slightest, but I thought it might relate to you, you know? But maybe you're driving your car and someone cuts you off, right? Or you get stuck in a horrendous amount of traffic and you think, oh, why me, God? Why did this have to, is everyone relating to that now yet? Why does this have to happen to me? You know, or, you know it could be something else in our lives. Maybe it could be, when we hear a diagnosis, and the first thing we think of is, why does it have to be me? Maybe it could be a death in the family that happens. Life is hard, and we think, why me? Or maybe all of a sudden, we're not able to pay for our bills, or whatever it might be, we lose our jobs, and we think, God, why me in this moment? I wanna let you know today, that you have been chosen to carry your cross. You know, and if you think to yourself, where does that say? Matthew 16, verse 24, it says this. Then Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. But what if we could carry it well? 
What if we could carry it with not that attitude of why me, but with an opportunity for us to know that we can encounter who God is? And so we carry on the story. Simon picks up the cross beside Jesus, this so-called troublemaker, right? And he felt the, probably felt the blood of Jesus in that moment. He even probably felt the broken body of Christ in that moment. And I believe that in that moment, his heart was softened because he encountered who Jesus was for the first time. And I want to let you know, just like I've gone in my life, we have to go through hard times in our lives, that why me moment in our life so that we might be able to encounter who Jesus is. And so what happens is, is that um, Luke, in the scriptures, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, that actually talk about this story, and there's different kind of uh, versions of it, and how it's said, and how it's written. But it's really important to let you know that when, when that happened, that Jesus is about to carry, he's carrying the cross, and Simon jumps in, what happens is these women, when he start wailing out, crying out with real grief, that they see Jesus carrying the cross with Simon. And Jesus turns to them and he says, do not weep for me. And Simon, I believe, he saw that moment of like, this guy cares for these people more than he cares about himself. And so it's an incredible moment where he encounters Jesus' humility, his love for others, and realizes that he is who he says that he actually is. And if I can just pull up Luke 23, verse 26, it says, As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. It doesn't say he carried it alone. He didn't say that Jesus was just escorted off with the soldiers and that Simon was made to carry it on his own. He actually carried it with Jesus side by side. And I want to let you know that is example of what we're supposed to do in our daily lives as well. God knows what you're going through and he is walking with you as you carry your cross. When life hits you, like I said, with that diagnosis, Jesus is carrying that with you. When the grief comes at you, Jesus is going through it with you as well. And you might think to yourself, Tom, this message is great. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. Um, but you don't have any life experience. You know, you're 26 years old. You're just married, you know. And you've probably not got any life experience with that. And I want to let you know that in my life, I've had to do the exact same thing as what Simon's had to do. I've had that moment where it's like, why me? And um, that actually happened to me in October of 2017. So that's what, around about, oh, someone did the math, six years, five, six years ago. Um, and it was late at night one night, and I bear in mind, you know, I was studying theology, so I was three years into my theology degree, and life was pretty, you know, pretty good, to be honest. You know, I'm serving regularly in a church setting. Um, I felt like, you know, everything was kind of going my way, and things were going well, and I had a great family, and all these things, and I still do have all those things, don't get me wrong. Um, but I got a call, probably about midnight, to be honest. So I picked up the phone, and uh, he said, hello, is this uh, Mr. Morrison? I mean, whenever someone starts a call like that, you know, would they use Mr. at the beginning, that something's not right. Um, but they say, hey, is this Mr. Morrison? So I said, yes. I said, um, this is Merseyside Police. And I was like, oh, what have I done? You know, and you start thinking to yourself, what have I done, right? Um, and uh, they said to me, you need to come home, please. Um, and I, obviously, the first thing I did is jumped in a car straight away. I 
went as quick as I can, as quick as I possibly could. And um, they, they, I came into my room, into the house, and there was police everywhere. There was ambulances. It was like a sea of ambulances everywhere. And they said to me, um, would you sit down for me, Mr. Morris? So I sat down, and then they told me that um, basically a very close loved one had took their own life. Um, and nothing bad had ever happened to me. No grief, real. And then in that moment, I, pretty much for the next months, really, I had, that, had that mentality, maybe like Simon did when he was picked out of the crowd, of, why me? Why does this happen to me? Why does this bad thing happen to me? But what I actually learned is that when I carried that cross, and I continue to carry that cross every day, that feeling of grief that can come sometimes, and maybe you can feel and relate with that, I could carry that cross of self-denial knowing that I'm going to be able to encounter who Jesus is. And through hardship and having to carry my cross of self-denial, you know that the world was hitting me pretty hard, to be honest. And even if I've seen real suffering, I have to stop myself and realize that God is in control. God knows what he's doing. And this is my cross in life. And the Bible says in John, um, let me grab it, it's John chapter 16, uh, verses 33. It says, take heart. You will have trouble in this world, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And and it's such a a powerful message that Jesus speaks about how the fact is, is that no matter what we're going through, he will encounter us in it, just like he did with Simon. And Simon needed that. In that moment, he might not have felt like it, he might not have felt like the hardship, but he encountered who Jesus was. And not only that, but um, if we look at in, in, in the scripture, it talks about, I'm just going to read it one last time, Mark 15, um, grab it one last time for you, I need to scroll all the way up, that would be fantastic. It says, a certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. It's funny the way that they just randomly put in his two sons. It's like, just to add some more information about this guy that we don't really know anything about, just to let you know, oh, it's Alexander and Rufus' dad. And probably for us, we're like, who is, why does this matter? <laughs> why, is, why have you put this in? Um, but Mark actually put it in, and a lot of scholars believe that the reason why he put it in is because the, the people that were reading that knew who Alexander and Rufus were. They knew them. So if they knew them, it's safe to assume that they were Christian. They were the part of the church, the early Christian faith. You remember that Simon was just a passerby. But his sons are mentioned in scripture, not just once, but twice. Different with Simon, who's only mentioned one time, but he's actually mentioned twice. It's because they were eyewitnesses, right? So Paul writing to church in Rome, in Romans 16, verse 13, Rufus is brought up. It says, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who's been a mother to me too. Simon, his children, and his wife, all came to know who Jesus was. All of them knew Jesus as Lord. And, and some people might think, oh, that isn't the Rufus, but it's pretty safe to assume with a lot of scholars that have kind of backed that up as well, that it is the same Rufus that is Simon's sons. And the moment that Simon responded to the call of the cross, of carrying the cross, his decision resulted in generational blessing. Simon carrying Jesus' cross was an example to his two sons and his wife to carry your cross. 
And then they probably saw that. They saw their father carrying the literal savior of the world's cross, and they were never the same as well. And when we carry our cross, sometimes it can be to set an example to other people. The person that sat next to you today, the reason why you're called to carry your cross is to set an example to the person next to you to carry their cross well as well. That's the reason why we do church. Every single day, where every time that we go to church, it's so that we can cheer each other on because life is hard to make sure that we carry our cross well. And I also want to make it very clear that God didn't cause your pain and suffering in life. But he will use it for his glory. And if you look at it, it wasn't Jesus that said, I need this man to carry this cross. It was the Roman soldiers that were the ones that forced Simon to carry the cross, to go through the hardship. It wasn't Jesus. Jesus has already carried that cross for you so that you would carry his, your cross for him. And if, G, if Simon didn't carry Jesus' cross, he would have missed out on his opportunity to be a part of Jesus' story and see Jesus' resurrection. And so a cross leads to a resurrection. I need you to know that there is a resurrection coming and that you need to hold on to your cross because we've been called to do so just like Simon was called to do so. And when we carry our cross, it's an opportunity that one day we might see the blessing and the favor of God. And don't get me wrong, because when people hear the blessing and the favor of God, we sometimes think of this kind of like prosperity thing of like, you know, you're going to be blessed and favored by the Lord if you, you know, do this or do that. You're already blessed and favored by the Lord. But so it's anti-prosperity gospel of how, you know what, actually, we have to go through some real hardships in life. And we're called to carry and pick up our cross. But Jesus is going to use it for his glory. And we have to go through some hardships, just like Simon did. Yeah. We thank you, Lord. And so I would love today, you may be listening to this message, and when you're listening to it, you're thinking to yourself, man, you know, why do I have to carry my cross like Simon did? Why? Why do I have to carry it? I need you to know, like I said, Jesus, you don't have to carry that cross. The heaviest cross of all of them, the one that was full of sin and shame, the one that was for you, supposed to be for you, Jesus took it himself and carried it up that hill, knowing and thinking of you. And so that when you go through the hardships and the difficulties in your life, just remember, there's a resurrection coming. There's a hope in Jesus that's coming. And we can choose to say, why me? Why does it have to be me, God? Or we can take a stand in faith and say, I'm going to carry my cross well. When the hardships and the pain and the suffering of life come, I know that my God is carrying it with me. He's with me in that storm. He's with me in that diagnosis. He's with me in that pain. He's with me in that grief. He's with me in that sorrow. I know and I have faith to believe that God is going to come through for me.